Good evening. This is Three Valleys Radio. A big welcome to the Bresbet Racing Show. On the show tonight, we're joined by Simon Holt, Milton Harris, Paddy Brennan, Jamie Snowden, Nick Schofield, Colin Brown, Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing, and finally, Graham Bradley. Add to that all the fixtures, all the news, and our racing memory feature, the 1996 Champion Hurdle at Cheltenham, and we've got a pretty full show for you. So, sit back and enjoy, and we'll kick straight off with all the news from Mike Patton. Hello and everyone, welcome along to this week's Racing News that brings you all the news from the racing media. That includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Patton and welcome to this week's news. Our first story this week. Honeysuckle and Rachel Blackmore sauntered to an easy success in the Chanel Farmer Irish Champion Hurdle to make it an unbeaten 14 career successes. In winning this prestigious Grade 1 crown for a third straight year, she joined Isterbrack and Hurricane Fly as the only horses to win more than two Irish champions. The pair briefly looked to have a race on their hands, jumping for the second from home, but power clear of Zanahaya for a six-and-a-half-length victory, a margin which belied her dominance and owed plenty to Blackmore taking a foot off the gas well before the line. Bookmakers are now struggling to see any meaningful opposition to the mayor repeating last season's success in the Unibet champion hurdle at Cheltenham, with both Coral and Paddy Power now going 4-7, to seven, the Honeysuckle completes that double. Henry de Bromhead said, She looked great, jumped well I thought, throughout. She maybe went a little left at one of them, but winged the second last and took off again. That's a long straight after the last, but she was brilliant. Rachel was brilliant on her, aren't we lucky to have them? With a big crowd back at Leopardstown, following so many periods of racing behind closed doors, Blackmore was the first to acknowledge how much support she and Honeysuckle received. The crowd here today is unbelievable, said Blackmore. I've got a massive cheer down to the start. I've never experienced that before. It's brilliant to be here, to have her and to have her winning. And here's our next story. Who saw that coming? Gordon Elliott pulled a Grade 1 masterstroke to plunder his second Irish Gold Cup in three years when 18-1 to 1 outsider Conflated caused a major upset to emerge as a new contender for the Cheltenham Gold Cup. In a race in which seven of the eight runners had already won at the highest level, it was the one who had not previously run in an open Grade 1 who blew the field apart by six and a half lengths under Davy Russell for Gigginstown House Stud. A Navin handicap chase winner off 145 last time, there seemed to be some uncertainty earlier in the week as to whether Conflated would even line up in the Paddy Power back feature, given he also held a handicap entry at Leopardstown on Sunday. 
However, an ambitious move from Elliot to pitch the 157-rated performer into the Dublin Racing Festival's most valuable contest reaped huge dividends. I said to Eddie O'Leary before the race he'd either win or pull up, said an elated Elliot, who had hit the crossbar with seconds in the other three grade ones on the same afternoon. He has a massive engine, but he's not very straightforward. He's a good horse on his day, he's very hot and cold, and he was hot today, Elliot added. It's great for Gigginstown. They're big supporters of Calantra. Obviously, they're not up in numbers, but hopefully Michael will enjoy this and he might get a few more. It ended up being a decisive success for Conflated, although plenty held chances at the third last when the improving eight-year-old outjumped Frodon to take the lead. At the same moment, well-backed 5-2 favourite Asterion Furlong made progress in fifth with a slick leap. Last year's winner Kemboy was still there at the second last when the writing looked on the wall for Frodon. While Asterion Falong did what Asterion Falong does, halting his momentum with a mistake at a crucial moment. Conflated showed a smart turn of foot that seemed to catch out Manila Indo in behind, and when Russell put his foot to the accelerator rounding the home turn, he built up an unassailable lead, leaving Kemboy struggling and Journey Deal attempting to pick up the pieces. Manila Indo, partnered for the first time by Robbie Power, did stay on, but it wasn't enough to reel in the shot winner. Janidil was a respectable third without threatening, while Asterion for long stayed on past Kemboy for fourth. There appeared to be some market confidence behind the winner too, as odds of 50-1 to one about Conflated, who, unseated when sent off 4-1 to one favourite for this season's Kerry National, evaporated throughout the afternoon. However, Russell, who received a two-day whip ban for excessive frequency, did not have huge expectations in the €250,000 event, describing himself as, quote, very surprised by the performance. The winner was cut to 12-1 to 1 from 66 with Boyle Sports for the Boodles Cheltenham Gold Cup, and Elliot said, We've got the Gold Cup, Ryanair and Grand National as options. We'll have a chat with everyone and make a decision. Henry de Bromhead was encouraged by what he saw from Manila Indu on his first start since he flopped in the King George, and he said, We're delighted with him. He jumped really well, and I thought he and Robbie clicked really well. He stayed on after they sort of quickened away from him, and it's lovely to see him back running like he does. I think he'll come on again from today. This time of year seems to suit him, and he looks to be a better horse when he gets to the Cheltenham in March. Willie Mullin said, Janny Deal kept on really well, and I'm very happy with how he stayed out that trip. The deader ground probably didn't suit Kemboy. Asterion for long was staying, but walked through the second last. He seems to do that. Some day he'll get it right. And Saleus Emery was unlucky to unship Sean O'Keefe at the 11th. And our next story today, here on the Racing News. Connections of Ahoy Senor are set to discuss the options at Cheltenham and beyond for their exciting novice chaser following his victory at Weatherby on Saturday. Lucinda Russell's bright star bounced back from his defeat by Brave Man's game at Kempton on Boxing Day with an impressive performance in winning the Grade 2 Towton Chase at Weatherby. Ahoy Senor saw his price cut for the Brown Advisory Novices Chase at the Cheltenham Festival and is now as low as 9-2 to two in some books. However, he also holds an entry in the Boodles Cheltenham Gold Cup, for which his price ranges from 14 to 1 to 25 to 1. 
Options for the Grand National Meeting at Aintree three weeks after Cheltenham are also likely to be on the agenda. He's absolutely perfect this morning out in the field. Really happy with him, said Russell on Sunday. It's great, but we don't know what's next. We'll probably go to Cheltenham or Raintree, but we'll see. We'll chat with the owners and have a look. We've got some options open to him, and at least after yesterday, we're on the front foot again. Mighty Thunder, Russell's Scottish Grand National Hero of 2021, is set for wind surgery after being pulled up in the Edinburgh National at Musselburgh. He's fine, but he made a noise. He's going to have a wind operation and see how he gets on. He just gurgled. That ground was pretty heavy, said the Kinross handler. Russell had better news of Karak Rambler, who is set for the Ultima Handicap Chase at Cheltenham. The eight-year-old booked his place at next month's festival by finishing a creditable fourth to Eclair Surf in Warwick's Classic Chase last month. He's aiming for the Ultima. I loved his run at Warwick. He was good, said Russell. And next up, here on the Racing News. Gary Moore plans to target the Kingwell hurdle again with Goshen, following his stable styles win at Sandown that headlined a, quote, special day for the family. The six-year-old came home 15 lengths clear in the listed contender's hurdle under Jamie Moore for his first win of the season. The trainer is reluctant to head back to the Cheltenham Festival with Goshen, but a quick turnaround is being plotted for a return to Wincanton on February the 19th if the ground is deemed suitable. Gosham stormed to a 22-length success from favourite Song for Someone in last year's Kingwell, his sole victory last season. Moore said, He's come out of his race very well and trotted up sound this morning. He'll definitely go to the Kingwell again now, as long as the ground is soft or good to soft. Goshen has developed a trend for hanging badly right during his races. The habit has cost him at Cheltenham and during a recent appearance at Lingfield in January. But back at Sandown's right-handed course, Moore was more confident he would see Goshen return to form. Moore said, I did think he was going to have a good run. I have a lot of confidence in the horse. I always knew what he could do, and he's now just doing things right. He's always been very settled at home, and the hanging right doesn't happen at all when he's there. It only happens at the race course. It must be the atmosphere, but it's just one of his idiosyncrasies. Well, I don't know why he does it, but I suppose all horses have their quirks. Goshen's success completed a double for owner Steve Packham after novice hurdler Shall We Have One More gave Josh Moore his first winner since returning from a four-month spell on the sidelines due to injury. Not to be outdone by his brothers, Ryan Moore capped off the family success in perfect fashion when he's a Lachico, Moore's third and final runner of the day, triumphed at Lingfield in the one-mile, two-furlong handicap. Gary Moore said, It was a brilliant day to have Josh back on a winner and Jamie and Ryan winning too. I've never had that happen for us before, so it was a special day all round. A switch to fences could be on the cards for Goshen next season after early signs of promise at home. We'll try and see how he jumps a fence at home and we'll take it from there, he added. He's jumped a couple of baby fences on the all-weather, but that's all. I think he'll take to them, though. He's showing all the right signs at home. And our final story of the day here on the Racing News. Paul Nichols has decided not to send any runners to the track in the first part of this week while he and his team continue to search for a reason behind the stable's sudden loss of form. 
The champion trainer might next send his horses to the track on Thursday when the Grade 1 winning novice hurdler Stage Star is entered at the Huntington, but Nichols indicated he is not yet committed to that plan. A lot of ours have run disappointingly in the past fortnight or so, Nichols wrote on his website on Monday morning. Despite all our combined experience, my head lad Clifford Baker and I can't find anything wrong with the horses. There is no sign of sickness or coughing or dirty noses in any of the three yards and all the tests we've taken have come back clear, even the ones on those that have run below par. The horses look great in their coats and continue to work well, eat well, and none of them have a temperature. We haven't seen a single warning sign that would normally tell us not to run them, and I can't believe the problem has been caused by the annual midwinter flu jabs they get in the last week of December, because there has never been an issue in the past. Nichols Digit Stable has already passed 100 winners for the season and is well clear in the trainers' table with more than 1.7 million in prize money, but winners have become hard to come by in recent weeks. From 40 runners in the past fortnight, just two have won at a strike rate of 5%, which is much lower than the stable's 23% rate for the whole season. Frodon and Greenatine, Nichols' raiders at the Dublin Racing Festival, were both last in their fiercely competitive contests. Something is not right somewhere, Nichols continued. We are now checking out the hay and feed. I do remember that we ran some tests in 2015 after only three winners in January and discovered that the hay was low in potassium and calcium and quickly put that right. We are all over it trying to get to the answer. At some stage, every sportsman, team or race horse trainer is bound to have a little bit of a quiet period when things don't go to plan. That is the nature of racing and sport. Then things come right and normal service is resumed. Nichols has some high-profile entries for Newbury's Saturday card and reported that all appear well and the intention is still to run. Either Clanders or Bow or Brave Man's Game is expected to take part in the Denman Chase. Hitman is in the game spirit and Nappers Hill is second favourite for the valuable Betfair Hurdle. This has been this week's Racing News, with all the news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sport in Life. I'm Mike Padden and thanks for listening. Join us again next time. Well, that was our man Mike Padden, so thanks to him for all the racing news. And now let's see where we can go racing this weekend. Well, we can start off with seven races over the jumps at Warwick with a one o'clock start. Uh, seven races over the jumps at Newbury with a one fifteen start. Seven races over the jumps at Utoxeter at one twenty-five start. And then all-weather racing, of course, six races on the flat at Lingfield with a 1.45 start, and seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton, with a 5.15 start. And on Sunday, we go to Punchestown, where there are seven races over the jumps, with a 1.40 start, and then seven races on the flat on the all-weather at Southall, with a 1.50 start, and seven races over the jumps at Exeter, with a two o'clock start. So that's all your fixtures for the weekend, and it looks like you've got plenty of choice. Well, earlier in the week, I had the opportunity to have a chat with Graham Bradley, and uh, he was talking to me for our In Conversation show on Three Valleys Radio. And here's a little bit of a teaser from the main event. First of all, tell me what, what made you decide to go to move to France? Uh, looking forward to having a chat with you, Adrian. I mean, I'm 61 years old now, um, and I wanted to be a jockey when I was very young. Mm. 
I rode how many winners there are about seven hundred and thirty one winners I rode a load of massive winners. Yeah. Um Unfortunately, you know, I wanted to be a trainer. I've, I've still got Barchie Bloodstock Limited. Still buy and sell horses. Yeah. And I wanted to be a trainer. Um, and the BHA and the Jockey Club wouldn't let me, unfortunately. So um, I've ended up coming coming with the wife and the daughter to France. And we're really enjoying it out here. It's lovely. We are half an hour away from Poitiers. Yeah. Which has got an airport, the airport and a train station. Um, it's, it's a really nice area. We're enjoying it. Have you got a sort of a, an old chateau or something like that? Something as grand as that? No, we've got a nice, big, lovely house. Yeah. And five-acre paddock. We've got two gardens. And we just built uh, a three-bedroom sheet. So we're going to rent people to come. I have sent loads of uh, WhatsApps and text messages and photographs to lots of friends, and hopefully they're all going to come down yeah. when the COVID-19 is, is you know is a lot lot better. Yeah, yeah. Really quite. looking forward to loads loads of my mates coming to stay. It's a nice it's a nice place here. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But Graham, let's let's go back to sort of um I won't exactly say day one, but I mean when did you first get on a horse? What 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 attracted you to horses? Uh, my father was an assistant trainer, then he was a trainer with Jack Hansen. We lived in Weatherby. Yeah. Um and I was about fourteen or fifteen and I started riding out with Tommy Shedden in Weatherby. Mm-hmm. Um, I said it in my book, in my The Wayward Lad book. Tommy Shedden paid me £1 on a Saturday and 50, pound, 50 pence <laughs> on a Sunday. It was unbelievable. I really enjoyed it. His, his main jump jockey was, was Tommy Stack. Yeah. Um, and he, he got me the job with Arthur Stevenson when I was, when I was 17. But when I was, when I was younger, I went to Eric Collingwood at Midland and rode out, and I went to Mick Jarvis at Newmarket. Um, I rode with Leicester Piggott, piece of work. I was hoping to be a flat jockey, but I got too too heavy. Right. And um, I got up to sort of like about eight and a half stone. And that's when I went to Tommy Stack and got me to Arthur, Arthur Stevenson's when I was 17. And um, I was there for him for two years. Um, and I was an amateur jockey. I didn't ride many, many winners. Um, well, I didn't ride any winners, actually, at Arthur Stevenson. He didn't like me as a jockey, unfortunately. He never used to go out and watch the horses galloping and the jockeys galloping, um, which, was, which was a little bit of a shock. Yeah, well, he couldn't see how good you were, could he? <laughs> no, I agree, I agree, I agree. Um, and, I, you know, when I, was, when I was there, I just wasn't happy at all. Yeah. Um, and it, my dad knew a chap called Tony Dickinson, absolute legend. Yeah. And he moved, um, he moved to near Weatherby, to Harewood um, with his with his with all his horses right and my dad asked him if I could go to his place and work for him yeah. um, and he did say Tony Dickinson said yes he can come but I would be ninth in line I wasn't going to get any rides but he would I could still be a jockey um, and I ended up going back to Harewood and working for Tony Dickinson which was absolutely amazing Mm. Um, I think it was about 19, 1979, something like that. So go back um, a little. Go, go back a little while, though, Graham. Did, did you? I mean, did you go the sort of normal route that most youngsters seem to when it comes to jockeys? That they they you know they had a little pony to start with, and they did pony racing and stuff like that. Did you do all that, or or did you bypass that? Unfortunately, not. We had one pony with my dad. 
and it broke its leg and died, unfortunately. Oh dear! But I did a lot. I did a lot of riding out. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to be a flat jockey, but then I got too heavy, so I started doing a lot of schooling, etc., etc., etc. When, like I said, when I was at Arthur Stevenson, he never used to come out every day and watch me riding, so he didn't rate me at all. Mm. But when I went to Tony Dickinson, uh, Michael Dickinson was there, and Monica Dickinson, three of them, they were absolutely unbelievable yard, unbelievable trainers, and they seen that I was a, a good rider. Mm. Uh, 20th of February, 1980, my first ride came was a horse called Talon, and somebody else was supposed to ride it, Chris Bell. But he, was, he didn't have his, his um, license or something. Anyway, I rode it at Worcester, and I finished third. Yeah. Ran, ran really well, and they really liked me. So they left me on it again on the 11th of March, 1980. The Cheltenham Festival was on that day. And I rode my first winner at Hedgeville on talent for Tony Dickinson. Absolutely amazing, and it, it started my career. Absolutely, yeah. Well, slightly earlier in the show than usual, it's time for our memory spot. One fresh and tender kid. This week we're featuring the 1996 champion hurdle at Cheltenham. One girl, one boy. Of course, the race was won by Collier's Bay, ridden by our guest on the show today, Graham Bradley. So let's hear the race commentary before we talk to Graham about the ride. Forget a small And they're away. So we expect to see my Silva up there early, and she's in front there on the right of the pack as they come down towards the first, and early taking a prominent position as well. They're at the first, and they're all safely over. And Alderbrook is the back marker, but it's Mysil who blazes the trail, goes on by length or so. Out wide, Collier Bay with a noseband chief minister on the extreme left in yellow is Muse. That can make the front running. Uh, close up in fifth is Denoli through on the inside. We have Kissair, and with Kissair is Squire Silk and Absalom's Lady. And then Borough 8 and Lander Far and Ripe win and touched, tucked in off the pace his staunch friend and uh, Hotel Manila is uh, giving them all the start Mulderbrook is last but one and here we are at the second flight and it's Maya Silva who stretched at it jumped it well all safely over the second Maya Silva leader Collier Bay Muse out wide and then the Chief Minister followed by Denoli racing five Mac the knife in six absence Lady Squire Silk seven eight and nine and then comes Borough eight Lander Far Pribwell stored friend and then Alderbrook right win and behind right win is Kissera who's already getting reminders and the back marker is Hotel Manila is going to be played late. That's about 15 lengths between first and last and it's My Silver who leads as they swing left-handed away from the packed stands and My Silver and Jamie Osborne blazing the trail as she does. Collier Bay in second news, third and Denoli four. And now they're making their way down the hill then towards flight number three and it's My Silver that's doing the donkey work in this Smurfit champion hurdle from Collier Bay with Handy in behind them towards the inside is Denoli in those blue and white colours as they rise over the next muse towards the outside My Silver the inside there still towards the rear is Alderbrook and Hotel Manella is giving them all a start as they race down the far side Kisser is stone last on towards flight number four and it's My Silver on the near side of Collier Bay then Chief Minister towards the outside 
Danoli the inside then, followed next by Absalom's Lady, the Grey Squire, Silk towards the inside, followed next by Borough Agent, right wing out wide from Land Afar as they take the next Danoli, a little awkward there, Pridwell a mistake, they head towards flight number five, rising on the far side, and Mysil continues to show the way, Danoli getting very much closer on the inside, following her, snapping at her heels, on the outside is Collier Bay, Chief Minister next, Barrow 8, looking for Alderbrook, trying to make headway, but still being patiently ridden, as they race towards the fifth flight at the top of the hill, at which it was My Silver, good jump from Collier Bay, Absalom's Lady, a very bad mistake there, rising on the far side then, it's My Silver from Collier Bay, then Danoli in third place, Alderbrook in about eighth or ninth at this stage, but only about five or six off the pace. Just being preceded by a right win, and Richard Dunwood is going to pull the champion wide as they begin the descent for home in the Smurfit champion hurdle. And uh, continuing the descent, it's My Silver who leads, Collier Bay, the dark sleeves. Look to the left of the nose, Ban Mack the knife with a run, and in behind that is uh, Chief Minister also with a rush. Danoli is on the inside. Alderbrook popped over that one, just being pushed along, but it's My Silver who's blazed the trail. Muse is being pulled up. They've got uh, just two more flights of hurdles to jump. And it's My Silver who leads to in second place, Collier Bay, then Danoli and Mack the knife, and at this stage, Alderbrook with a lot of racing to do. Borough 8 starting to get going. Here comes Squire Silk with a run two out, and it's Collier Bay under Graham Bradley who take command now. Collier May goes on to myself. Here comes Alderbrook storming through on the outside. About five lengths down as they make the final turn. One more flight of hurdles to jump. And Collier Bay has the answers here. Alderbrook's under pressure from Richard Dunwoody. Myself can find no more at the last. And Collier Bay hurdles it five clear of Alderbrook and Squire Silk and myself and then Danoli and then Pribwell as he race up the wall line. It's Collier Bay. But Alderbrook is starting to close. They've got 100 yards to go. And Collier Bay is going to hold him. Collier Bay is going to take this perfect champion hurdle. Collier Bay it is to Alderbrook in second place. Pridwell storms up the hill to be third. The champion. Well, that was how the race panned out. And let's hear from the man himself, Graham Bradley, as to what he thought about his ride. Um, I'd won on him before at Sandown, which was very good. Jamie Osborne had chose to ride another horse or something. But then he won on him. Jamie Osborne won on him in Ireland. Yeah. Um, like I said before, I was trying to ride the, the favourite Alderbrook, and right. I got and I got lost that ride. But anyway, I got on Collier Bay, which is brilliant. But I think I gave it a great ride. I was I was handy all the way on it, mm-hmm. um, and it and it jumped wonderful. Um, I was always up in the first three, and I think I hit the front from the second last going to the last. Um, and jumped the last in front and stayed on well um, and he was a very 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 good horse delighted with him when you take a horse you know in a race like that and you generally it seems that you you tend to have to not you particularly but i mean winners generally tend to pull them off and so then they're, they're not tight to the rails very often i mean is, is that a tactic that is always used or what the fact that you you know pull them more into the middle of the track to give you a bit more <laughs> although having said that on this particular race you were pretty much tight to the rails anyway you only had one inside you and then you went on past him uh, well funny enough i was told by michael dickinson um very very early on before i started riding with us for him he said i should go on the inside or the outside of a race course. Right. I shouldn't go in the middle of a, you know, a, a yeah. loads and loads of runs because horses fall and bring you down. They yeah. knock you down. They do this. They do that. Yeah. So I rode a lot of winners by going on the inside and the outside um, 
which I think which I think was very very sensible. Which is a very good idea. Mm. And if I'm, unless I'm wrong, I mean, you came on the outside on Collier Bay, didn't you? Um, I think I was handy all the way. I was upside and front one all the time, one on the inside. Yeah. Um, and I was just on its right hand side. But um, again, you see, because it was there was loads of daylight, um, and I didn't. I didn't hit the hit the front until turning for home. Mm. And I stayed on the left. I stayed on the inside. Yeah. Very, very good race. It was, it, was, it was wonderful to win. I gave it a brilliant ride. Well, now it's time to catch up with our favourite jockeys and trainers. And we're going to start with Jamie Snow. Well, good afternoon, Jamie. Um, looks like it's been a good week for you. A couple of winners there. Can you tell us a bit more? Yeah, thanks, Eddie. Yeah, good, good week. Um, obviously, seeing Kiltilly Briggs going and winning up at Musborough is wonderful. And um, and Gitmaker won, uh, won on Monday up at Carlisle. So uh, uh, a bit of a venture up north and, and thankfully a successful race. Well, yeah, but a long way to go. But nonetheless, the results were there and that's what you wanted, wasn't it? That's it. It's um, it's not a long way if they win. It is a long way if they get beaten. <laughs> yeah, I bet. How far is it actually, Mossborough? I mean, where is it exactly? I know it's Scotland, but I mean, where? Yeah, Edinburgh. Oh, Edinburgh. Oh, yeah, it's a fair old way, isn't it? Fair track. But um, the, the it was a two day meeting, and the owners um, like to go up there and have a have a weekend up there, and, and a lot of their horses from from various different yards go up and, and run at the meeting. So they like they like to target it as 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 owners and. Um, Thankfully, um, Kiltilly Briggs was was the first runner they had in the first race on the first day, and uh, and he went and won. Well, so you must have been wandering around looking like, uh, you know, <laughs> Lord of the Manor there with the winners coming in. I mean, can't be bad, can it? Yeah, no, it was, it was nice. And funnily enough, um, we, we, we've been lucky enough to have a winner every jumps track in the UK this season. We, 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 we went into this season, there was only two, two tracks that we'd not have winners at, and that was Musselburgh and Newcastle. So we can tick Musselburgh off the off the list and we've just got Newcastle to go oh that's alright then isn't it so uh, but tomorrow it's it's uh, what are we tomorrow we're Saturday rather I should be looking at Newbury Warwick Warwick Newbury so um, any, what are, any of these got any chances yes we got two, we got two runners tomorrow um, we got one at Fosslass and one at Huntingdon and then yeah. we've got a couple over the weekend um I don't think it's going to be wet enough for anything for love to, to run. She does like deep ground, and obviously we've had very little rain in the forecast. So yeah. I, I, I don't think she'll run. But um, I think um, Dusky Days might might well go to uh, might well go to Newbury perhaps for the listed yeah. race. Yeah, he um, he won first time out and then finished fourth in the listed race at Ascot before Christmas. Yeah, um, and then into next week, I think Nick Liver uh, might go to Lingfield. Um, we might have a you wear it well, Mike. Which Patrick. one? Which one was that, uh, Jamie? Uh, you you wear it well. She's a, she's a, a, a lovely filly by Midnight Legend out of a Flem's mm. first mare. No, finished, I, I'm um, second first time out in a bumper. I'm just looking at the um, the the entries and I can't see it. That's why I'm sort of wondered. I've got, you've got tallow for coal or dusky days, but there's no mention of that there. Yeah, you wear it well. She's entered in in a, in a bumper at Catrick on Monday the fourteenth. Oh, Monday! Sorry, I was looking at Saturday. So, ah, that's it. Then that oh. explains it. Then doesn't it? Yeah, no I've, I've got it now. I've got it now. National Hunt. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So, yeah. um, you know, as always, hopeful then. But um, you know, it, it, you're beginning to get back on track, I guess, as it were. With, with the, you know, as you said, you had um, a period of time where you didn't have many runners because of the flu jabs and one thing or another. But now you're getting sort of back on on track, as it were. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Obviously, um, 
we, we've been lucky the form of the yards maintained itself through, throughout the whole the whole winter mm. um, but but through through the sort of last part of January we didn't have that many runners on account of the flu vax but um, yeah getting back into the swing bit now and what about the the horses that uh, seem likely to be destined for the Cheltenham festival are they all uh, uh, tickety boo at the moment yeah so Kiltilly Briggs is, is definitely high on the list mm-hmm. um, have, having gone through his prep race really well he's going to go for the Ultima at the festival yeah um i think we'll run stony mountain in the attempts final right i think Mildam might run in either the boodles fred winter or the triumph um up for pro run next week and then hopefully he'll either go for the the coral cup or the Martin pipe so you've got about four or five runners and that's going to make it uh you know uh, are they all on different days or are they all you know you're just going to be there for one or two days you don't, you don't... yeah yeah all on, all on different days are they oh well at least it sort of elongates the occasion as it were it'd be it'd be nice to think we, we might be able to add another one good okay jamie well thanks very much for joining us as usual and um have a good weekend and we'll speak to you next week look forward to it thanks eddie right thank you jamie now we're going to pop over to Gloucestershire and catch up with jockey Paddy Brennan. Hi, Paddy. Thanks for coming on the show again. Um, good day for you today. Yeah, um, today was good. I only had one ride at Ludlow, and um, thankfully it won. So, yeah, very happy. Um, what about the weekend, Paddy? How's that looking? You've got some rides uh, booked in, I see. Yeah, I'm in Newbury on Saturday. I've got a couple of nice rides there. Um, Polish in the second race. I think he's bidden to win the race for the second year. He won it last year, so we're hoping he can go and do the same again. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I, yeah, I ride third title there as well. He's having his first run over hurls. Lovely horse. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to riding him. He just might improve from the experience. Yeah. Possibilities of winning, do you think? Yeah, look, he's got definitely possibilities of winning, but I, I do think he'll improve from the experience. I think to win over... To win at Newbury first time over hurdles is going to be extremely difficult. So oh. I do think he'll be he'll be he'll he'll run a massive race. Right. Okay. And uh, anything else over the uh, weekend? Yeah. All right. Hulling back in the bumper. Um, he's very exciting horse. He won really impressively at Chepstow last time. It's a listed bumper. It's uh, as always a very very competitive race, but. Look, we're going to find out a lot more about him on Saturday. We we think he's good and we hope he's good. So hopefully he'll run very well. No, off to Exeter Sunday um, to ride Peking Rose. Um, very exciting horse. He was second in the entry bumper and he, he's first run over hurdles this season. He was third and then he won very well at Newbury last time. So, yeah, he'd be a very good ride on Sunday. So looking forward to riding him. So he could have a sort of successful weekend one way or another then? Well, that's what you think every weekend, but normally it doesn't it doesn't work out like that. So yeah, look, any uh, if I can get one winner, I'd be delighted. Yeah, yeah, good. Okay, Paddy. Yeah. Well, look, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you coming on, and uh, I, I see uh, no problem. I see you sent me a thumbs up sign for the cricket match. I should be looking forward to meeting you. Oh yeah, look forward to that. It'd be lovely. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. Thank you. Super job. Yeah. Okay, Paddy. We'll speak to you next week if that's all right. Yeah, look forward to it. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you, Paddy. See you soon, mate. Bye-bye. Well, that was Paddy Brennan after a successful day at Ludlow. And now we're going to pop down to Wiltshire to catch up with Milton Harris. Well, good evening, Milton. Thanks for coming back to us. Um, First and foremost, you've had a pretty good weekend, haven't you? Yeah, it's been okay. We had um, uh, a winner in Samovic, a Swindon, a track on the snow that I've been going to with my friend uh, Christian Von Direct for many, many years. And um, we won the trial for the big race. And... Hopefully he runs again this weekend and in the £100,000 race the following weekend. So fairly unique uh, experience. And I could recommend to any of your listeners, it, as, as an unusual racing venue, it's certainly worth 
considering um, it's called White Turf. Look it up on the on the website www.whiteturf. It's a great social occasion. Absolutely, sounds it. And I suppose you can go skiing as well while you're over there. Skiing, eat well, drink well, and have a bit of fun. Um, and we had a winner obviously over here as well. At uh, we sent one horse all the way to Carlisle, and that one, and that was nice. That Kevin Jones, who is our, one of our jockeys, we use. That was the winner that took him out of being a conditioner, and he's worked hard. So it's, we've had a good couple of weeks of that because Mitch Bastion rode Mullenberg at Charlton, and he rode his claim out. Yeah. And now Kevin has. So it's, it's nice to help the young lad to try and sort of get on. Absolutely. And, and you've got a, a few entries over the weekend. Can we just talk about those for a minute? Yep. Um, uh, yep. How do you pronounce this one? Genuflex? Well, let's go back. We've got three winners tomorrow. Right. Um, so I don't know if this was, uh, if we're ahead of the uh, way this goes out, but we run Appreciate and Hasty Parisian in the same race at Doncaster tomorrow. Hasty Parisian, good chance. Uh, appreciate would need uh, another one to get a handicap mark before he can be really truly competitive yeah. and Danny Wisbanger we bought up Paul Nichols and we like him but he's not been right all year and he's glad he's come in there so um, we hope that we'll make take a step forward tomorrow Okay. and then as you say Jennifer, we've got um, Jennifer is in I'm in the car at the moment but he's in at Warwick I believe isn't he? that's right Warwick? yeah yeah, um, Warwick and then you've also um, got uh, Jackamar at Warwick and you've got uh... yeah Jackamar in the 50 grand race he, he's, he's entered Warwick he's entered at Plumpton and he's entered at uh, Exeter Right. Um, I need to speak to Dave Roberts in the morning to decide where he goes, but he seems in good form. Uh-huh. Um, so he'll he'll take up one of the options. Um, is is what I think. I think Jennifer is one handicap, but the problem is the four-year-olds this year don't seem to be able to compete and beat the older horses. And it's just a very strange year with juvenile hurdles. So he may or may not run depending on the weather. Yeah, he, he's better with a bit of decent ground and. We haven't had any winter yet, have we? Really? And it looks, no. you know, if you look at the forecast, we might we might start to get some imminently. It looks that way, doesn't it? A little so bit, yeah. Certainly cold coming up. That's for so sure. He, he, he's had a wind up since he last ran, and wherever he runs, he's worth a little week each way. Bet for your for your listeners. Right. I'm not sure he'll be running at Warwick, but um, but he will be running in the next week or so. Okay, and then uh, Danny Wisbang. Yeah, he runs tomorrow at Doncaster, so right. that's him. So before. And We've got um, a filly called uh, Rosie Redrum. Yeah, running a- at Newbury on Saturday. Now she she's very good. Yeah. Um, but of course, it's a very it's a very good race. Yeah. So uh, um, I, I did sort of mention it on on air with you last time, and yeah. I'm sure one or two of your owners, of your listeners, had a bet. She's got all the allowances of being a filly and the four year old allowances, so she'd have a a good chance. But it is a good race. But I'm really looking forward to seeing her run. Good. Well, that sounds wonderful. So let's hope you keep up the good form that's happening at the moment, then. Well, we keep trying. We keep trying. Yeah. No, we're doing very well by the look of it, so don't knock it. That's for sure. So, uh, Milton, thanks ever so much for coming on the show again. We do appreciate it. And um, hopefully we can talk to you again next weekend. Well, that was very successful trainer based in Wiltshire, Milton Harris. Right, now we're going to pop down to the south coast and catch up with Simon Holton as he looks at the Warwick and Newbury card tomorrow. Well, good morning, Simon. Uh, hope you've had a good week and um, looking forward to Newbury and, and Warwick over the weekend. Yes, a terrific card at Newbury. A few trials, I suppose, for the Cheltenham Festival, but the, the big race always on this card is the most valuable handicap hurdle run in this country, and that's the Betfair hurdle. And a slightly smaller field than you would normally expect. Uh, only 14 runners this year. I don't remember it being quite such a small field, but a very competitive race with last year's winner, Soaring Glory, 
at the top of the handicap, carrying 11 stone 12. But he's been running well this season, so you can expect him to, to go close again, I think. But I quite like the look of Harry Fry's horse, Boot Hill. Yeah. who is a horse who's very highly regarded, has been, and bolted up at uh, Taunton last season. And I thought he ran very well at Ascot behind Soaring Glory first time out this season, but didn't quite get the right ride. He travelled well and he was in front soon after the third last there, which is a long way home at Ascot and, and a very stiff finish as well. And by the final flight, you know, he was just beginning to run on fumes a little bit. And I just feel that if he'd been held up, he's a really good travelling horse, if he'd been held up for a later run that day, that he could have beaten Soaring Glory. He gets a four-pound pull with Soaring Glory anyway. And then he ran in a novice chase at Exeter, and as far as I understand, he wasn't quite right after that race. He was disappointing, but he didn't really give his uh, running. Maybe he doesn't like chasing, but anyway, he's back to hurdles, and he looks to be off a pretty fair mark. His, his rating didn't go up at all for the third of Ascot. So I quite like Boo Hill. Harry Fry's horses seem to be running pretty well. Uh, there's lots of... Lots of possibilities. I think the uh, Nicky Henderson runner, Broomfield Berg, he's a quite a, uh, an unexposed novice, seems to have quite a good turn of foot. He could be a big player. And Henderson also has first street in there as well. I could go on and on, but I'm, I'm going to go for Boot Hill because I just think that he's a horse of a good deal of potential. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That sounds good to me. What else have we got at um, uh, Newbury then that, that uh, catches your fancy? Newbury, the earlier races are, are um, small fields mostly, but mm. they, they could be very informative with regard to the festival next month. Yeah. Um, in the first race, Paul Nichols is running Brave Man's Game under top weight in the novices handicap chase, and he's got to give a lot of weight, he's got to give over a stone away to some quite nice young horses like Grumpy Charlie, Pat's Fancy, and Fern Hill. Uh, all of whom have shown plenty of promise over fences this season. But uh, I think the, the issue was that is the timing is right for the Cheltenham Festival. And Paul probably didn't want to run Brave Man's Game and Clandes Oboe against each other in the Denman chase, which is later on. And in that Denman chase, Clandes Oboe faces four rivals. Of course, he ran well again in the King George at Kempton over Christmas, when second there to Tornado Flyer. He's won that race twice in the past. So he's a class act in this race. The Royal Pagai, the Venetia Williams team, is a very interesting rival, I think. Whether the ground is going to be quite soft enough for him, well, we'll have to wait and see. But he came through and won at Haydock last time out under a big weight. He's got a lot of class, travels really well. But I think he does need um, a lot of cut in the ground. Candice Obo has got a rating uh, much higher than the other, well, 172. Royal Pagai is on 166, and they're meeting off level weight, so Clanders Oboe should be the one there. And the other possible um, Cheltenham trial is the Game Spirit Chase. This is always uh, regarded as a bit of a trial for the Queen Mother Champion Chase. And then there's Paul Nichols runs Hitman, and he gets weight from uh, the winner of this race last year, So Royal, gets, uh, gets six pounds. And I think Hitman could be quite hard to beat with uh, that weight uh, concession. He was second last time out in the Tingle Creek at Sandown behind his stable companion, Grenatine. The only thing you would say, though, about this is that Paul Nichols' horses haven't been running very well in the last couple of weeks. And uh, you want to see them um, show a little bit more, particularly um, seeing the races out a bit more strongly uh, at Newbury on Saturday. 
Yeah, I was just about to mention that, and you you, you uh, beat me to it. They they haven't been running to their best, have they? So uh, it'll be an interesting afternoon. We just see, you know, I suppose from the Cheltenham point of view as well. Well, it, it, it will, and I don't know how many horses he's going to run at Cheltenham. He's more inclined, if he doesn't think they're good enough, uh, to beat the Irish at Cheltenham. I think mm. Paul's more inclined to wait for Aintree and maybe punch us down. Yeah. He did with Candace Obo last season. Yeah. But, um, yes, he badly needs to see a bit more form from his horses. I think it's fair to say that January is generally a quiet month for him, and he tends to bounce back in February, but we're into February now, and so one would expect the likes of Brave Man's Game and Clandes Oboe and Hitman to, to run good races uh, tomorrow, and um, we want to see that happening because they're lovely horses, and it's a shame when they, you know, like you, last weekend in Ireland, neither Frodon or Grenatine really ran up to their best or anywhere mm. no quite so um, you know we hope that, that they can turn things around pretty soon anything else at Newbury that uh, you, you've not covered already not so much at Newbury I think um, there's some interesting races at Warwick however um, uh-huh. which is uh, also like Newbury covered by ITV and we've got the Kingmaker Novices Chase which is usually uh, a quality race and it features a couple of uh, Arkle candidates in Edward Stone. It's going to be a shade of odds on. And the Dan Skelton trained third time lucky. Edward Stone, winner at uh, Sandown. Uh, last time, has won his last three chases, in fact, looking very good. He's run well at the festival before. Third time lucky has been quite exciting at times over fences. He can be a bit free. And this could be quite a fast run race because for pleasure at the bottom of the four runners, tends to go off very quickly. And uh, into the mix and the other remaining runner is Brave Seska who's won his last three starts for Venetia Williams who remains in fantastic form so I think that's a treat of a race yeah. to watch there at uh, Warwick and then there's a good handicap chase later on in the card and I'm just going to have a little bit on Jackamar for the Milton Harris yard Milton's been in fantastic form this season had 40 winners at a win rate of 21%. So one of every five of his runners is winning. And uh, I think he's two out of his last five have won. He still looks quite well handicapped. And of course, as I say, the, the stable is fantastic form and Harry Reid taking the mount tomorrow. Well, funnily enough, we've been uh, we've been talking to uh, Milton Harris because uh, his stable is sponsored by the same sponsors we've got for the racing show, and uh, uh, he's quite uh, yeah he's quite chippy about uh, Jackabar, that's for sure. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it goes. Well, I think he's done a fantastic job this season. I, mean, we've, I don't know if you've seen, he's given a few interviews and he had, I suppose you would describe it as quite a colourful past. You know, if he ever wrote his autobiography, it would uh, yeah. be quite a lively read, I suspect. But he um, has put together a really good team and he gets quite emotional about his team, actually, and the effort they put in and the success that they're enjoy- enjoying. And he's identified that um, juvenile hurdles uh, are not always the most competitive of races and he's won some good juvenile hurdles this season. Knight Salute is a horse that will probably run in the Triumph Hurdle with a bit of a chance. He's had other juveniles and I think he's correct in that respect. There's a, a lot of trainers who tend to stick with the old-fashioned jumping horses and uh, actually if you can get a juvenile off the flat, maybe a 70 or 80 rated horse that uh, takes to it, you know, there are some quite soft races to be won and he's done very well on, on that score. And I get the impression Jack and Mar's one of the best horses in the yard. He thinks quite a lot of him and I think that 
he's really getting the hang of chasing. He was a hurdler for quite a long time, but uh, he, he impressed at Kempton, and he still looks quite well handicapped. He only went up three pound for winning at Kempton, and the handicapper dropped him a pound for for his run at Charlton last time out, where I think there were uh, a few uh, you know other circumstances afoot there, and uh, mm. I think he he's a lot better than that that run. He's a ten to one chance according to the uh, betting shows I can see so um, yeah. the value I mean it's a two and a half mile race which is ideal for Jack Amar uh, the two at the top of the handicap two good horses Amula Gold and Cheddleton two really good chasers but they're both unproven over the distance uh, it's interesting too he was telling me uh, on the phone that he, he just got back from Switzerland where he'd taken a horse over to race on some sort of snow uh, snow, yeah. snow turf or whatever they call it and it won a horse called yes. Mordred that's right and, uh, um, Sam Moritz and yeah. it's been quite a happy hunting ground uh, that uh, winter meeting there where they race on the snow mm. and um, I remember John Best the uh, trainer down in Kent he's had uh, quite a bit of success there and I think Paul Webber might have sent a few horses over but Mordred he won for um, Milton Harris so um, you know the, the, the stable's been in fantastic form all season he's, he's down at um, Warminster I think isn't he yes yes uh, he's not that and, far from uh, us so he's a West Country uh, trainer, not yeah. far from you. And, yeah. um, you know, full marks. He's had a fantastic season. Well, let's hope it continues. I know he, he said that there's a there's another hundred thousand pound race apparently. I think it's this weekend or something. So uh, he's 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 left one of the horses over there to run in that as well. So I don't wow. know if it's the same one or not. But uh, yeah, yeah, so he's 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 quite uh, quite chippy at the moment, which you can understand why. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 They're on fire, and uh, there's a lot of confidence in behind the horses, and they're running extremely well and have been all all winter. So, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's been one of the stories of the season, really. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, then, Simon. Well, um, that's great. Thank you for that, and um, let's hope it's a good weekend at both Warwick and Newbury. I'm sure it will be worth watching. It's some good racing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks a lot, Aidy. Thank you, Simon. Well, our thanks to Simon Holt, and now it's time to catch up with, of course, you've been waiting for it, I know, it's time for the Cheeky Chappy, it's Colin Brown. Good morning, Colin, how are you this morning? Good morning, Aidy. I'm very well, thanks very much indeed. Beautiful day. Yeah. No rain about, though, much to speak of. No, which is not doing the trainers an awful lot of good, I suppose, when they want some, some cut in the ground. Really, I mean... I don't think anybody's watered, but sounds mad this time of the year. But, you know, there's plenty of moisture in the ground. But what happens is it just chops the top off. So it's neither here nor there, the, 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 the ground, really. It's some, you know, most places that would have good in it, good, good to soft, whatever it might be. But it's not what I call proper, genuine, you know, natural ground. So, yeah, it's difficult for them. But there we go. We'll start at Utoxter, go to Warwick, then go to Newbury. Very good racing at Newbury, and that's where I'm working on Saturday. Okay, fine. Um, first, oh, Utoxter, 12.50. Um, his horses are running well, and he runs a horse here that's just won a couple of races, a national flat race and a mare's uh, novice hurdle, I think. Um, and it's called Corey's Courage. And I don't think there'll be many good enough to beat that one. Having said that, not going to be much of a price. So for, for backers, really, it's just like a bit of fun. Stick it in your doubles and trebles because that's the sort of price it's going to be. But it's one to sort of, you know, 
just make your make your uh, doubles and trebles and um, four times or whatever pay a bit more money because I don't think it will be beaten so okay. that's what we think anyway right what was I thinking I said no that's what I think oh right well that's fine <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking what are you thinking I don't know I don't know what I'm thinking really I'm having one of them uh-huh. I'm having one of them days today I know it happens doesn't it yeah. Paul Nichols, now he's got some quite fancy runners at Newbury, but he's only had about two winners out of about 50 runners or something. I don't know what's wrong with the stable, it's just out of form, but they say they can't find a thing to all these tests, uh, so on and so forth. But it's a bit of a worry when you're a big trainer and you've got, you know, coming up to a big festival yeah. like uh, like he is, but there we go. Um, in the 308, so you Troxter. Yeah. Um, Don, Donald McCain, who's having a. Do you know, Donald McCain, about five years ago, they nearly buried him. Not literally, but he, he literally was hardly any winners. And he's stuck with it and just carried on doing the same things. Just goes to show you, you know, people will put you down when you're training and they'll, you know, talk about you and say, well, oh, he's doing no good anymore. Take the horses away and all that. But since then, he's just kept going down and he's had over 100 winners this year now. Barradale, he runs here, is owned in, well, runs in the covers of the Exiles of the late of Hemmings, and Hughes rides at Hughes on 100 and something winners so far, hasn't he? So I think that will win Barrowdale um, in the 1508. And then um, I'm looking, Hughes, I think, will definitely ride the next winner on a horse of Martin Keithley's. It was taken at Chepstow the other day. It took my eye a little bit. It was beaten four lengths, but it was a winner um, at Haydock before that. And I think that will win the 1543, the 343 there at um, Utoxta. And it's called Briz Alco. Briz Alco. Um, I think that is the one to be on there. Right. All sounds dead easy, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely, until tomorrow when we look at the results. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. They all get beaten. Yeah, that's the trouble. So, um, no, no, I, I think those are probably the best bets there. So we're going to go three bets at Utoxa. We'll go to Warwick now, which is not too far from Utoxa. Okay. I was supposed to be at Warwick tomorrow because they've got a ROR parade, which is the retired racehorse parade, but... Um, I'm at Newbury, actually, so uh, I ain't mm-hmm. going to be at Warwick. Not a ton of runners in a couple of the races there, I don't think, um, which is a, a bit disappointing. It is a bit disappointing. There aren't that many runners at all, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Anyhow, what's going to win the races? Um, in our second race there, the 135. Yeah. Um, the favourite's going to be a horse of um, Paul Webber's called Indefatigable but I think if it bounces back to form that white hot chilly Philly could win the race trained by Harry Fry it's got some pretty good form this one um, you know it's, uh, it's a horse beat good horse called Martha Brown remember Exeter since then it's won a decent race at Sandown it has sort of won on heavy ground but didn't run a bad race the other day behind Molly Ollie's wishes at Asker. And I reckon it's got a chance. It is held by my, you know, couple of bits of form, but 
around about 11 to 2 in the fourth race, White Hot Chili Philly in the 135, I think, can win here at Warwick. Now, quite interesting race, the Kingmakers Novices Chase, always a really good race, and uh, Skelton's run a horse called Third Time Lucky, that I actually tried to oppose the other day at Doncaster, but they've been letting it go off in front, it hasn't really been seen its races out, although it's been winning, when it stepped up a little bit more in class, I was wondering about the horse, but um, they held it up the other day, and they absolutely hecked up, but uh, the talk is Edward Stone is that the best novice we've seen out this year and arguably it sort of is really at one at um, Kempton over over the Christmas period the way with lad novices chase um, and it has got very very good form it is six and two threes these two number one Edward Stone to beat maybe third time lucky uh, that's in the 205 they'll be both heading for the arc or at um, at, Ain- at, at uh, Cheltenham, should I say? Okay. Um, right. Well, here we go. Warwick again. Next race, I think, looks quite difficult. I'm going to give that a miss and move on to the the Warwick Castle Handicap Chasers. A few more runners here. In fact, there's a eleven runners in this race. Um, what wins it? Well. They go to about nine to two the field, which is quite a big price. But Hobsey, who's had a bit of a quiet season, runs a horse here that's owned by one of his old owners, if you like. Well, I'd say old, Alan Stennett. He's had a horse them for years. He was useful in France, this one. And since then, uh, he's won two Haydock handicap hurdles. Um, back over fences, uh, gone up nine pounds. But he had very good form in France, so I say. And he's called Salib Dallan. Salibra uh, Dallan, I must say. That's the better pronunciation. Salibra Dallan. And that is horse number nine in the 315 at Warwick. Right. Um, then we got Handicap Hurdle, not many runners. Then we got a one of those national flat races there um, going back to that 315 a minute um, go on, one, of our, one of our contributors is uh, is young Milton Harris and he's got a Jack Amar in there which oh, uh, oh he's, yeah quite old he's a bit of an improver isn't it yeah and he's quite he's quite chippy about this one so uh, I don't know is no, he yeah it is it's, well maybe we'll stick number 9 with what what time what um, number is yours number 10 Jackamar, number 10, 9 and 10, put them in a reverse exact combination, that's what I say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just thought I'd chuck that in for the listeners, because you know, if they don't happen to listen to the whole show, then they would have missed that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, actually, I've got a, quite, a little cheeky one for the last, the, uh, at Warwick, the 425, the um, Open National Flat Race. There's nicely bred horse here, Charlie Longson's horses are running well. And um, and it's called it's called Park. It's a half brother four winners, including Chantry House. So that is a pretty nicely bred horse. Uh, Johnny Burt rides it. I don't think it'll be far away. Gaelic Park. Gaelic Park in the last. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Uh, right. Open areas. I'm a little listening and, and writing all these tips. Now she'll be on a bike later 
on Saturday morning going down to the bookmakers getting a few bets on no so doubt so it's encouraging isn't it and hopefully it'll be nice and dry down there in the West Country floor on Saturday so you'll be able to get out and about and maybe get back to watch a few of these horses that I'm going to give you in a second win at Newbury so write them all down there and make sure you've got them and uh, let's see if we can nearly go through the card at Newbury. I have done before uh, AD Newbury's a quite lucky place for me tipping in fact on the flat couple of well, quite two or three times in the last couple of three years I've given them six out of seven winners so um, well I said you can do it again then we're going to do it again yeah. One fifteen, the first race and um, I think you know I, I don't get too excited about lots of horses because I think you can get a bit excited and say crikey that's a really good horse that is and it's got to really prove it to be good but a horse that I have noticed in the last um, you know year or so that I sort of love is a horse called Brave Man's Game that runs tomorrow um, at Newbury in the first it's 11 to 8 on so you can't say it's a bet but it's a horse that you want to follow because this I think is a real good uh, racehorse and um, Nichols trains of course well sources have been out of form so it needs to you know bounce back but this one won the uh, Quarto star Thomas Chase from Hoy Senor who came out a heck up at uh, Weatherby last Saturday and um at the price because he's not a backable price but I think he's a very very good horse so put me in your doubles and trebles Brave Man's Game he's the one for me um, you know he's got a great uh, record he's won seven of his 12 races so it's not like he's won every time he's run but he's run some really good races and he's a big improver so for me Brave Man's Game proper chaser runs in the 115 I think that will win you're right um, <coughs> then we got a handicap hurdle the next race and it's a pretty competitive little race um, Sam Drinkwater owned by his, uh, his uh, the Drinkwaters runs a horse here that's been running quite well called the Brimming Water there's a horse called Polish trained by Fergal O'Brien who's a horse that um, has run some quite good races at Newbury um, I think actually he won this race last year Polish. Yeah. He did, actually. You're absolutely right. He did off a mark of 130. Mm. And uh, he runs off of that mark again. Yeah, no, he's the horse that I'm going to be with. He's about four to one. Number four, Polish, for the 150 at Newbury. I see that uh, in the same race that... Uh Colin Chisard has got the big breakaway which you know there was an awful lot of hype about him last season he, they were expecting great things and never quite happened but then again Colin Chisard had problems in the whole stable you know last year so whether or not he's back to his best I don't know yeah no quite interesting isn't it really about 8 to 1 he's a big price AD if mm. he did come back to his best he, he really is yeah, yeah. Um, the Denman chase Denman was also I fell in love with um and I loved him. He was such a good, genuine horse. And uh, he, his chase there in, in his memory tomorrow, there's five runners uh, headed up by the even money shot, Clander Zobo, who, of course, was second to Torinade O'Flyer and the King George. Won the bad run, beating nine lengths. Um, I don't has he run since Torinade? No, I don't think he has. Um, so he runs here. And also, you've got Royal Pigal that won the Peter Marsh last time out. 
imperial aura from the Kim Bailey yard who pulled up behind the detector, pulled up before him at uh, Aintrin and fell at Haydock. A little bit out of form, this horse has been. Needs to sort of bounce back, really. And um, Handicap has given a, a little bit of a chance. And Royal Pagel. But I think Flanders Oboe will go around here and win the Denman Chase. And of course, you know, he runs in the colours of um, Paul Barber, who's a brother who sadly died, um, owned and bred Denman. So I'm going to go Flanders Oboe to win the 225. All right. And then we've got the game Spirit Chase. You know, they haven't had much rain at Newbury. They call the ground good, but they're not very big fields. Normally, I mean, I rode at the station for many years. Just normally, historically, over the years, you, you were expecting, you know, 20, 30 runners in some of these races, but we haven't got them this time. Nichols runs a horse called Hitman. He's very useful. Second to Grenatine, another one of his horses, uh, the other day. Uh, and, and then also we've got one of the niches in the race that's in good form Sky Pirate did you speak to Nick Schofield about him or no? Well, I did yeah he's he's uh, very optimistic but you know he said it was a very competitive race which of course it is it is a very competitive race there's some good horses in So Royale he's the 2-1 to one favourite Hitman's 9-4 to four. but I'll tell you what the improver might be here um, it's trained by Venetia Williams and it went on good ground last time at Doncaster, beat the big bite. Um, and it's called um, Fernambul Civila. Fernambul Civila, number four. We'll go for that one in the three o'clock. Okay. Now, the 335 is the big one. It's called the Bet Fair Hurdle. It used to be called the Schweppes. That was a nicer name for it, really. The Schweppes Hurdle. And last year, it was won by Soaring Glory, and Soaring Glory runs the game today. Um, when it, when he beat 50 ball last year, that was off a mark of 133. He's running off a mark of 147 now, so he's a stone higher, but he is a very, very good horse. But he's running, been running in some small races, like small fields, and I don't think that's really suited him. I think he'll run a big race, Soaring Glory, um, but... I'd quite like to get him beaten if I could because the horse that I really like in the race is a horse called Boot Hill. Um, he's owned by a mate of mine, Brian and Sandy Lambert. I did have a tenner each way on him a few weeks ago, 20 to 1. He's 17 to 2 now. Um, but I've had another few bob each way at 10 to 1 as well. So we shall see. I know the Henderson team are very, very keen on Broomfield Burke, but do you know what? A good judge came on to me yesterday and said, what about JPR1? Um, you know, horses in this race uh, are often young horses that haven't had too many runs. You know, four and five-year-olds have got a good record in this race. But I'm not sure whether it's quite good enough or not. JPR1, have you heard anything about it? No, I haven't heard anything about that particular one, no. That's from the Tizard Yard. So, yeah. yeah, it's a really competitive race. 50 Boy was second in the race, runs uh, also, but he's been well beaten since he was second last year, and that was off a mark of 131, and he's still off a 131. So, Napa's Hill is the other one that um, everybody's talking about, and he is very useful. He's won five out of six races, um, and his form is really good as well. 
But he was third to John Bond at Ascot over Christmas, so he did get beaten. Um, nope, I'm going to go Boots Hill to win from Broomfield Berg. They're my two against the field. And I think Soaring Glory can be finished in third place. And that's my one, two, three for the big one, the Betfair Hurdle at 3.35. Got one more race there, and it's a novice hurdle. Um, it's a pretty competitive little race. Um, a couple of horses that I've just sort of had my eye on. Let's have a look. Selingo Boy might run quite well from the Gary Bullyard. Had OK form on the flat and was a winner, actually, on the flat for Roger Charlton. He could be one to keep an eye on. His horse is in really good form. Um, that is uh, Gary Moore's. Uh, King Okatar from the um, Henderson Yard. Uh, was a bit disappointing in the last couple of runs, but finished a good third at Newbury. Um, but now I'm going to go for this horse of Saligo Bay that had pretty decent form on the flat. It ended up being a sort of 80-rated horse on the flat for Roger Charlton. And um, they played 52 grand for him. It wouldn't be the biggest surprise if he won the last race on the card. Saligo Bay, that's the 4.10 at Newbury. And that's back your lot. Okay, thank you very much, Colin. Let's hope you have a through the card job again then. Well, you never know. We missed out the last bumper, but it's uh, it's quite competitive. I'm going to leave it. Um, and, and they're the ones I fancy, the ones that I've given to you. Yeah. Um, that I think probably can win. In fact, no, let me just chip in here because Gary Moore's authorised speed does run in the last. He was impressive at Newbury when he won the, the last day. So, yeah, we'll, we'll include him in, a, in our betting. Authorised speed in the last race, the 4.45. And, of course, you could mention Rosie Reddrum as well, which is one of another one of Milton Harris's, which he was uh, saying that he's right. quite hopeful for as well. So that one at Wing Canton, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, related to a lot of winners. Yeah, yeah. So he's quite he's, he's quite bullish about that one. So there you go. Okay, he's doing well, Milton Harris. How many winners has he had? So quite a few. This. He had two last weekend. Yeah, no, he's doing very well. This did hack up in the National Flat Race. Yeah, um, could easily run a big race um, as well. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There you go. Then there we go. Well, we've tried to go through the card at Newbury. I'm going to put them in. I should put them in a, a an eight forward or whatever it's called. Um, are there eight races or was it seven? Um, I'm just looking. Three, seven races. Seven. Yeah, I should put them in a seven fold. And then I go on to reuse my bets and I put them into, you know, you can put them in 10, 20 B doubles, trebles, and whatever. Uh, and put them in a Goliath for small money. And if they happen to all come up, they've probably paid quite a lot of money. It's, it's a good fun bet. Mm, absolutely. Well, okay. the weather forecast looks reasonable tomorrow, so um, let's hope it's a good day for you and you don't get soaking yeah, wet. Absolutely, we don't want to get soaking wet. Yeah, that might have rains overnight, but not in the daytime. Yeah. Anyhow, listeners, have a good weekend. Let's hope you've got plenty of winners. And uh, you have a good weekend as well, lady. Right, well, now it's time to join our sponsors, Bresbet, to see what specials they've got for us this week. And uh, on the line is Sam from Bresbet. How are you, Sam? Hi, Eddie. I'm not too bad, mate. Thank you. How are you? Oh, plodding on, you know, plodding on for an olden. <laughs> so what have you got for us today, then, mate? Uh, we've got a bit 
bit of a busier weekend uh, than last week, thankfully. It was a bit of a quiet one, no Premier League football and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple of big fixtures tomorrow. We've got both Manchester clubs with a game and both look warm favourites to to bring home the three points. So what we've done is we've done a Manchester double. Yeah. We've got Manchester United and Manchester City both to win. We've boosted the price from four to five to ten to eleven. So uh-huh. you've got Man United at home to Southampton and Man City away at Norwich. So you would I don't think you can quite expect Man United to win a game anymore, but they're definitely going to be favourites going into that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a it's a dodge pot myself personally, but uh having said that, you know, they are at home as you rightly point out, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, that's it, the early kickoff as well, so that gets the, the juices going from twelve thirty tomorrow afternoon and Manchester City at five thirty. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure punters will hope that Manchester United gives them a, a winning start and the bet rolls on for the evening. Well not just Manchester United punters, I should be hoping for it as well, I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> We've we've also got the the second round of fixtures from the Six Nations. Yeah. Um, some some decent games last week. Some some tight scores. Uh, and this weekend we've got Wales, Scotland, France, Ireland, England, Italy. Yeah. We've not included England and Italy in the in the bet this weekend. England are one to twenty five, and I just don't think that mm. that's anybody's cup of tea really. But what we've done is we've boosted the France Scotland double. Yeah. The what price? Six to four. We're now seven to four on that, which which should be the best around. Yeah. Okay. Um, France odds on favourites at home against Ireland. From from last week, they, they look like the two standout teams, to be honest. Um, and and France have got home advantage. And then we've got a big we've got a big day racing at Newbury. It's unofficially the the kind of last chance saloon to get these graded horses ready for Cheltenham. Yeah, absolutely. We've still got a couple of nice handicap hurdles and chases coming up in the next few weeks, ready. Yeah. So this is this is where we tend to see the the last kind of approach for the graded races at Cheltenham. Um, Paul Nichols has got a couple of hot pots running. Mm-hmm. In the first race, we've got the very much talked about Brave Man's game. He's, he's going a bit of an unorthodox route. He's he's having his final prep in a handicap chase, which. Not very often you get a 159 rated novice running in a handicap, but here we are. Yeah. So he's he's conceding 16 pounds to his his next rival in the handicap. So it's a it's a very strange approach that they're taking here, um, but he's it's a short price to do so. And then we've got Clan Desobo in the 225 race, the Denman Chase. Obviously, Denman was an inmate of Paul Nichols. And he'll be open to win win the race named after him. So what we've got is we've got the Brave Man's Game Clan Desobo double. Uh, was nine to four, now eleven to four. Uh, that's that's clearly the best industry price for the double at the moment. Good. That sounds good to me. Um, just got to hope that Paul Nichols has got it right now. Well, this is the thing. That I think you would you would err on the side of caution at the moment. His horses aren't really flying. I mean, for me, he's definitely one of the best in the country is always turning up with winners on these big Saturdays and despite having Dolos win the other week um, not all of his horses are firing and I think he's come out and said as much in the paper that they're a bit baffled by it mm, that's right I'm, he sure he, I'm sure he'll want these two to, to get the ball rolling again ready ready for next month really because he's had a couple of quiet Cheltenham's now yeah yeah 
Well, let's uh, let's hope that's the case then, Sam. So uh, thank you for all the Bresbet hot pots. And um, presumably, if there's anything else you want, you go to bresbet.com and it'll all be there on your website. That's that's the one, mate. Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a bunch of specials across multitude of sports tomorrow. So that's that's the place to be. Good. Well, thank you very much for joining us again, Sam, and we'll speak to you next week. Yeah, thanks, Eddie. See you then, mate. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, mate. Well, that was Sam from our sponsors at Bresbet. And don't forget, if you need anything on Bresbet, www.bresbet.com. Right, time to catch up with Dave Wilson now at Harlequin Racing. Morning, Dave. What have we got for us today, then? Morning, Adrian. Yeah, we're having a look at Newbury's uh, meeting on Saturday. Yeah, so we're going to have a look at the Newbury card for Saturday, and we think there's going to be uh, quite a few nice winners there for the local trainers. Uh, Paul Nichols has obviously been in the doldrums at the moment, but he's running a few horses there at Newbury on Saturday, so I don't think they're going to be underperforming. If there was anything slightly wrong with them, I think he'd be uh, avoiding racing at the moment like he said so he's had a few days where he hasn't had any runners and uh, he's got a few firing at Newbury by the looks of it so we're going to start with the first one there the 115 at Newbury and we like the chances of Brave Man's Game Harry Cobden takes a ride for Paul Nichols he's had three runs this season and had three very emphatic wins uh, he came out and he, he won his on debut this season beating Fusil Raffles five and a half lengths so then he went up to Haydock and he beat Itchy Feet two and three quarters and then he had a, a rematch from uh, a hurdles race that he had up at Aintree last year where Ahoy Senor beat him seven lengths and this time it was over the chase fences and Brave Man's game simply outclassed Ahoy Senor in that race at Campton and uh, since then Ahoy Senor's come out and won very nicely in a grade two class one event he won by five and a half lengths last Saturday so uh, shows the form of him he's priced up at around about four to five and we think he's got a very very good chance in the race there righty ho moving down to the 150 race we like the chances of Colin Tizard's horse here the big breakaway going to be ridden by Brendan Powell uh, he fell when he was uh, second behind uh he was second behind Brave Man's Game in the seasonal opener and he fell at the final flight. He, he weren't going to beat Brave Man's Games, but he was in with a chance of a good second place there, but he came down. And then he came out in a two-horse race and he had a match race with uh, none other than Chantry House. So uh, the level of form that he's showing, Chantry House and Brave Man's Games, it's a very high level of form. He's, he's had 97 days off. I think they've uh, taken a chance to get him right at the stable down at... Millbourne Port there and is uh, a lot lower grade race this time out than obviously than Brave Man's Games and Chargery House are so I think he's going to be a very nice each way bet there now this fella's also run well at Cheltenham twice so in 2020 he's come third to Monkfish in uh, Brown Advisory and uh, he was fourth for previous year to Envoy Allen in the Ballymore so it shows the class this fella's actually got when he's on song and he's priced up at 8-1 at the moment so we're going to have a nice each way bet on him there in the 150 the big breakaway Okay. Moving now to the 225, we like the chances of Clarendas Oboe, Harry Cobden, Paul Nichols combination. Uh, he's priced up around about evens at the moment, and I think he's a tremendous price there. Uh, obviously, this is Benman Chase, Class 1, Grade 2, and Benman was trained by Paul Nichols. Uh, he's had one run this season, and he comes second in the King George. He was well beaten nine lengths by Tornado Fryer in the race but he come there with a great chance to win the race and he just seemed to blow up and it was, as I say it was his seasonal debut there so obviously he's going to be primed up to be going for the Gold Cup at the Cheltenham Festival and uh, one of his main rivals in this race would be primed up for that as well Royal Pigali now Royal Pigali 
was running 21 days ago at Haydock and he was in an absolute gruesome race. Well, he was crawling across the finishing line in that race and I'm not too sure 21 days would give him a chance to recover from that race that he had there. It was absolutely gruelling and he was carrying a hefty old weight in that race as well. So uh, we're definitely going to side up with Clanders Oboe in this one and uh, it's also nice to see Emma Lavelle has got the Russia County back on the track. He's been on for 490 odd days but he's his course record at Newbury over Chase Fences is 100%. He's had two runs there, two wins. So uh, it's nice to see him. But again, I think he's going to be more primed up for Cheltenham. But uh, Oboe, obviously, of having his seasonal run already, I think he'll be ready for this race there. So 2.25, Clandazobo. All right. Moving down to the 3 o'clock, another Harry Copton, Paul Nichols horse is on the agenda. Hitman. We like the chances of him. He's getting six pound off the So Royal in this race, so that could be the key element that wins him the race there. Him has had two runs this season. Uh, he got beaten length uh, down at Exeter by Eldorado Allen of Colin Sizzards in the Holden Gold Cup there. And then he runs second to Grintine at Sandown in that famous single creek race. So uh, he looks ideal sort of race for Hitman to get back on track and get his class one black type as they call it he's priced up at around about five to two and I think he's well worth having a small investment on him there in the three o'clock race Hitman right down to the Betfair handicap uh, the 3.35 race and we like the chances here of soaring glory uh, he's priced up at seven to one this morning with Bet365 and I know there's going to be a lot of money around from this horse he won't go off anywhere near seven to one uh, he's going to be ridden by John Joe Jr trained by John Joe Senior uh, he hacked up in uh, Class 1 London Hurdle at the end of October the last year and he, he could have won that by about 20 lengths he just trotted across the line he then put in a very uncharacteristic poor performance he was four for four runners when he was odds on and he's come out since and got back on track he ran Epitante to two and a half lengths in the Christmas hurdle at Kempton now this horse really does like big field races he cruises around in behind him and he just comes around off the last corner over the last furlong and picks them all off now he's definitely not one that's going to be producing two three furlongs away from home he's going to be sat there waiting to challenge late he, that's the way that he runs and uh, I think he, this race is absolutely primed for him and if he can get seven to one with bet three six five or thirteen to two with sky bet the paying five places on the race is well worth having a nice win bet or an each way bet if, if you want to take your chances each way but I think he's gonna be very good there in soaring glory in three thirty five. Right you are Moving down to the 4.10, uh, going to tip up one here that I own a toenail of. Uh, Jared Millo, going to be ridden by Tom Bellamy and trained by Warren Greatracks. As I say, I've got a little owner's share, owner's group. He's, a, he's owned by owner's group and you, you can buy shares in them uh, very cheaply. And uh, this one's one of my uh, daughters. She picked him out and his, his racing name's actually Jazza. So her name's Jasmine, so she chose him and uh, she really likes him. Now, this fella's won off a 79 on the flat and he won very easy that day up at Newcastle and he should be rated around about 85 on the flat. Now, he made his jumps debut a couple of weeks ago and he was in a race with a horse called San Segal and Jane Williams, which is going to be rated around 138, 140 sort of mark and coming up to the second second hurdle from home he was cruising up behind it I'm not sure if he would have beat it but he would have given it a good run for his money and that was priced up at 1-7 in that race but unfortunately Jared Millow took a tumble and uh, in this race here he he gets a £12 weight allowance for his age because he's only a four-year-old. So he's right down the bottom of the handicap, carrying absolutely no weight. Uh, there's no prices up on the race at the moment, but we're expecting him to be around about a 10-to-1 mark. So 
so he'd be well worth having a nice each way bet on there in the 410 Jeremy Meadow. Okay, fine. Last race on the card at Newbury, the 445, we like the chances here, a rosy red rum. Uh, Mitch Bastian takes a ride, Milton Harris horse. Now, this is Philly, she's She's only a youngster, she's four years old, she's getting a weight for age allowance, she's also getting a fillies allowance, so she's getting £19 from most of her rivals in this race, which is a hefty old lump of weight, and she's had one run today up at Wing Cannon, and she absolutely bolted up, and she looked like a real good horse that day. Now, I heard an interview from Milton Harris after Mullenbeg won up at Cheltenham a couple of weeks ago, and he said he's got a filly at home that can beat Mullenbeg. Now, looking at the form of this one, and I think this could possibly be the one now it opened up 12 to 1 in the betting yesterday and it's already been smashed into 4 to 1 so uh, I've got a funny feeling this is a horse that Milton Harris has been keeping up his sleeve and uh, the betting market suggests it as well so uh, we shall see and uh, getting 19 pounds from most of her rivals in the race I think she could be a dot on the card and uh, she could be bolting up very easily there so that's what we've got for Newbury and uh, hopefully it'll be a nice weekend there's a couple of good races up at Warwick the 135 there Marie's Rocks in uh, class 1 race for Nikki Henderson and Aidan Coleman she's a small field specialist she's, she's got a turn of pace and she just likes to sit in behind in the small field and pick them off in the final furlong and she's won races all over the show doing that sort of thing when she gets in a big field race she's not as good so with only four runners in uh, 135 at Warwick we're going to be siding up with Marie rock and then there's the big race of the day one that's going to be a big Cheltenham pointer with Edward Stone third time lucky brave Cecilia and uh, for pleasure in another four runner race and we like the chances of Edward Stone who we've obviously given him a plaudits over the last two years on the show and uh, he's got a big chance of winning the race up at Cheltenham this year but a real test of uh, his worth this time taking on third time lucky and brave CCR anyway so that's a 205 there at Warwick so uh, that's the two big races that are away from noon but hopefully it'll be a great day and a uh, fantastic day's racing there yeah, going back to your res- rosy red rum, um, I was—I've uh, done an interview with with Milton Harris on the show a um, little bit. Well, you would have heard it if you were listening, and uh, he's yeah. very hopeful as well. So let's hope we all both right then. Yeah, it looks like he's got a great chance. And as I say, like it opened up twelve to one in the betting yesterday, and it's already been backed into four to one. So there's a yeah. huge weight of money going to go on it, and uh, the betting. Betting's only just opened on the race, really. Yeah. And her form and getting that £19 allowance from most of her rivals, that's, well, that's like me and you say Bolt having a race. It's uh, a <laughs> difference in the weight situation there. So uh, it'll be a cracking race to watch anyway. But as you say, it'll be a lovely day up there. Hopefully the weather will hold up and it won't be too wet. It's uh, forecast a bit of rain up there. So uh, the other thing that we need to do, say, is like we've tipped up about three or four of uh, Paul Nichols horses through the meeting but like if the first one or two get beat just start taking avoidance it's uh, obviously Paul's had a bit of issues in the stable this year and or this month or the last month that's going on but he thinks he's over it he's got the big guns out so we'll have to see we'll have to take it from uh, race by race and see how they're getting on but if the first one or two get beat avoid the third and fourth sort of types and that's all you can do really we can't really say a lot more no so, uh, okay good, look. good. No well problem. thank you Dave thanks for that tip and um, we'll speak to you next week lovely cheers mate thank you bye bye well that brings us to the end of the show so I'd just like to thank all our guests that have appeared on the show today plus of course you the listener we thank you for listening join us again next week same time same station for the Bresbet Racing Show <laughs>